Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Friday. Happy Friday, July 13th, 2018, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Your second daily dose of happy. Your last for the weekdays, although we get to do another one on the weekend with Dave Barkey. But uh, it's always a little bit sad at the end of the week because, uh, you know, we've, we've, got, we've, we've had five straight days of uh, daily doses of happy. And then all of a sudden Saturday comes and it's like, oh. They're gone. Well, that's just where we. But Saturday is where we get to practice all the things that we've learned. Oh, that's what I've been doing wrong. Now I understand. Yeah, there, there's no sadness on any day of the week. As a matter of fact, today's a double dose, triple dose of happy because it's Friday the thirteenth. Oh yeah, right. And for people. People like my sister, who was born on a Friday the 13th, oh, no kidding. Hmm. this is the day that she celebrates all the time. Yeah, there you go. That's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. Friday the 13th. I hadn't re- recognized it even as I was saying it, but yeah, yep. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. I'll never forget the, the story that they told in the Da Vinci Code about what the origins of Friday the 13th were. It's like, oh, that's why everybody's so freaked out about it. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I don't remember, but all I know is my sister made it a happy day because she said, hey, it's a good day because I was born on a Friday. That's right. Yeah, she, like, she's absolutely right. <laughs> couldn't couldn't agree more. I, I completely concur. And that's a good thing. Very good. You know, this morning um, when Tom and I were doing the show, uh, we, were, uh, we were talking about the know some good stuff about relationships and one of the things that we kind of kicked off with was the importance of laughter and how there isn't enough laughter in the world and too much negativity and too much depression and focus on depression and so on and so forth and we got to talking afterward and uh, i kind of put an idea in my head so i just wanted to share what the result of that idea was because uh, we created our first public service announcement here for loa today you want to hear it yeah please here we go This is a test of the emergency laughter system. This is only a test. (laughs) This has been a test of the emergency laughter system. The comedians, podcasters, and generally funny people in your area have created this system in cooperation with federal, state, and local officials to bring you humor, laughs, and generally good feeling in the event of a laughter emergency. If this had been an actual laughter emergency, you would have been instructed on where to tune in your area for jokes, tall tales, funny stories, anecdotes, and generally humorous discussion places such as LOA Today's website. This concludes this test of the emergency laughter system. What do you think? That was cute. (laughs) Did he write that script or did you? I I wrote it. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's quite, quite funny. The only thing I would recommend is that you get a better laughter track because I couldn't tell if cats were dying. Well, you know what's funny about that? Somebody had published that laughter track on YouTube as a Hollywood laugh track. So I figured, well, that's got to be pretty good, right? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. But that was so much fun to make that. I just had to share that. That was cute. That was very cute. So who came up with that? Was that a, a Tom idea? Was that your idea? Or what's up? That, that was my idea. And in fact, I have a second idea uh, that I have yet to um, put into practice. And I'll be creating it probably for some time next week. It's kind of a, a like the next step, the, ne- the next stage in what has been established with this first one. So 
you know. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a great way to start any show. Absolutely. <laughs> and hey, it's our first ever public service announcement. Announcement. It might as well be fun, right? Because we talk about Absolutely. maintaining, you know, alignment, being in a high vibration, being in a happy place. What better way to do it than with a public service announcement, or what they call in the biz out PSA? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the, the on my homepage, I don't remember the exact wording, but the very first thing after you see my picture is a warning about um, that you could have a spontaneous burst of happiness by reading the contents <laughs> of my page. And if that happens, enjoy the ride. <laughs> cool. I like that. Very, very good. Yeah. That's good stuff. So now, now you know what fun thing I did today. What fun thing did you do today? <laughs> <sighs> well, let's see. Okay. So for me, new awareness is always fun. Mm. And I woke up this morning in a very similar emotional place as I was most of yesterday. And I have to tell you, it, it, was, it is the most peaceful, feel-good emotion I think I've ever experienced. Nice. It's just, it's so like, wow, where did this come from? And I think it came from, I think I have finally let go of all sorts of attachments to all sorts of stuff in particular to my Project X business. Wow. Um, because remember I told you what, what I learned from the Friday podcast mm -hmm. going forward mm -hmm. is being in a space of pure positive energy when I focus on the things that I desire. And I really did. I really focused on what I really desire this week without dragging the negativity into it. And I drew a line in the sand just saying, I'm, I'm leaving all baggage behind. It, it cannot come forward. It's kind of like going through a TSA security checkpoint. Sorry, can't bring that with you. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm heading on the plane where I'm going to fly ah. with the things that I desire, it's only pure positive energy that can fit on that plane. And nice set of, take it with me. Nice set of metaphors there, by the way. That was really good. Thank you. I just came up with them as that, I spoke. <laughs> that was good, yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I, all I know is I, I think it worked. <laughs> yeah, oh, good. <laughs> like that was my intention. And I know yesterday at the end of the show, I was talking about how you really know that the intention that you've been setting forth is what really is by the post-manifestational effect. In other words, what evidence shows up in your life? What does law of attraction bring to you? And I'm now going on a day and a half of this peaceful, feel-good energy that is absolutely void of resistant negativity. I mean, it's just void of anything that feels like effort. And it's really blowing my mind. And remember yesterday I was telling you how spontaneously the song The Heat Is On from mm -hmm. Beverly Hills Cop oh, yeah. was playing my head. And then it followed up with the Rocky theme, you know, right. as he runs up the steps. And I had the same thing occur this morning. And I'm like, whoa. And when I ask questions, you know, for, for internal guidance, it's like everything's green-lighted. Everything's go for it. Everything's like, it's cool. And so like... Last night, before I went to bed, I was just thinking about this wonderful day that I had experienced in this energy of peacefulness, and but not just peace. It was also filled with a certainty and a knowingness that all was right with the world, 
that well-being abounds, that everything's moving forward as I planned and as I desire. And I, it was kind of like I really felt for the first time what it felt like to just not have any, I mean, like zero zip, really no doubt, worry, or concern that I'm missing the boat, that I'm out of sync with something, that there's something I need to do and I haven't done it. And even in the place of non-evidence of the full manifestation, I have the feeling as though it's already done. Wow. To such an extent, I don't have any, like I really believe in it so much that having no evidence is just not a deterrent. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, really. Wow. Yeah. So it feels really freaking awesome. That is great. I'm I'm going to be really interested to see what comes like in the days and weeks to come. Because, I mean, if everything you're saying there is true, and it sounds like it is, you've just removed a bunch of resistance. You got yourself at a really high level. I mean, stuff should just start pounding through based based on what we know. Yes. And on top of that, I was sharing this with my sister today. Um, You know, we were just kind of sharing what was up in each of our lives. And I was telling her about this feeling. And I was telling her, I said, you know, I had this conversation with my friend Rhonda um, Wednesday night. And I just, she just really held my feet to the fire in the way that a loving friend really does. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't tough with me at all. It's just, we have carte blanche with one another because we're coaching pals to point out sometimes the obvious that's not so obvious. Mm -hmm. And I had been talking about a conversation I had with someone else where I was suggesting that a certain phrase that he was using was no longer serving him. And I was recommending that he change the phrase to something different. And it was like, no, I like this phrase. I want to keep this phrase. Okay. Like, don't take it away from me kind of thing. Yeah. And no matter how much I tried to point out how this phrase was just laden with resistance, he just wasn't buying it. And so it, it was something like, well, if I can't have this, then at least this will happen. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if I can't have this, then this will happen. And I said, by holding on to the, I can't have this, you're actually focusing on this, which is the thing that you want, but it's not coming to you. And, you know, I, I, I'm like, you do whatever you want. That's totally fine. I just thought you were interested in my perspective because you had asked for it, but if you don't want it, cool. No problem. <laughs> well, I'd shared that with Rhonda. And because we were just talking about what do you do in cases like this? And so that was like in the beginning of our conversation. And then later in our conversation, we were talking about me and my stuff. I was talking about, you know, leaving my current job so that I can move on to my new career. And I said, I've always had a hard time with just picking a deadline arbitrarily. I've just never believed that they actually it'll actually work or, you know, whatever. And I said, but this time I really feel like my inner being gave me a date. And so I told her what it is. And then as I was saying, I said, but you know, if it doesn't happen by that date, I don't have to leave my job. (laughs) And she said to me, isn't that almost identical to what you were talking about in that conversation with your guy friend? It is. Yeah. Where if not this, then that. And I went, Oh my God, you're so right. Mm. Like, that's why I actually 
co-created that conversation with my male friend because that was a mirror image for me, but I, I missed it. But I'm so grateful that Rhonda didn't miss it. Yeah. And she said, so your day job is kind of like your safety net. Mm-hmm. And I went, whoa, it is. So now that was Wednesday. So spiral forward to this afternoon. And I was having this conversation with my sister and telling her about where I was. And I was telling her about how Rhonda said, hey, it's like your safety net. And all of a sudden, I started getting more insight. Uh-huh. And I was saying, so on Wednesday, I was saying, you know what? I'm ready to fly without a safety net. And that's when I said, <laughs> race on. The game is on. And that's when the, the uh, soundtrack from you know Beverly Hills Cop went off in my head. But today, when I was expressing it again, I was getting this sense of, I don't like flying without a safety net. I really like safety nets. <laughs> And what came to me was I have the ultimate safety net already in place. It's called my inner being. It's my guidance system. And I went, that is the most potent safety net every one of us human beings has. And we knew when we came into physical experience that we always had our our inner being guiding us and constantly navigating on our behalf and looking out ahead on our behalf. But when we disconnected from that, we look to all sorts of physical things to replace our inner being as the safety net. And what I had been doing was using my job as the safety net. The comfort of a secure paycheck mm-hmm. was that safety net. And I went, whoa, I have a better safety net. <laughs> I have my inner being and the law of attraction. That is powerful I, stuff. I can't lose when I have those on board. Yeah. And so everything, like, whoa, it was another level of the clouds parting on my behalf. So not only have I experienced this day and a half of peacefulness, knowing that I'm not dragging any bag, negative baggage into my pure positive energy focusing, but I now have the awareness with such great clarity that I have incredible guidance that's constantly giving me the yes, go this way, don't go that way, do this, do that, et cetera, et cetera. So if anyone who's listening is driving along the highway, uh, the interstate uh, through Dallas this weekend, and they see a big glow of light over on the side of the road, that's Wendy. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> <laughs> It's me, and I'm flying high above my house, <laughs> going, hello, world. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, every day is, is a new adventure in my life. <laughs> Apparently. This, is, this and, is most exciting. And it's a good adventure. I mean, it's an adventure where every day you're not only getting insight, but you're you're becoming more confident and, and at peace within yourself. When you're like that, I mean, it's hard to be resistant to anything when you're like that. Yeah. Well, and you know, one of the other things Rhonda pointed out to me is she said, so now I believe it's time for you to look at your expenses and to really just determine how much money do you need to create from your new business so that leaving your day job is kind of a no brainer. And I almost wanted to stop her as she was rolling up that sentence. 
And I didn't. I let her keep go. I let her continue. And then at the end, I said, oh, here's what's so ironic. I am the numbers girl. I love to play with the numbers. <laughs> I've done this over and over and over. But every time I did, it didn't work for me. It, it felt wrong. Something about it just, did, it, it felt like, oh, I'll never be able to make it. And I went, because I wasn't aligned energetically to that step yet. That that gets me. I mean, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it gets me that we know about alignment. We know how important alignment is. And it's astonishing however, how often we skip it. I mean, it just plain, plain yeah. astonishes me. Well, and I guess I'm not that astonished because I knew it, that stuff in my head, but I wasn't using it experientially yet to the degree I am today. And that's the good news. I mean, I, I could say, you know, to the same, not to the same extent perhaps, but I can say the same thing. I, I am certainly um, much more conscious of it than I was before. And yet even now, I mean, I was just today, I was kind of wrestling with one major goal that I want to have come into my life. And I knew, this is the good news. The good news is that I knew it. I knew that I am resistant to it. I'm not, mm -hmm. I haven't really figured out exactly what the details are that illustrate how I am resistant to it, but I knew I could feel the resistance. And I, mm -hmm. I, I kept thinking to myself, okay, so I need to get into alignment. So let's get into a happy place. And I kept trying to get into alignment. And you know what I kept doing? I kept going back to the fear of the thing not happening. Mm -hmm. It's like, whoa, why, why am I having so much trouble? I, I mean, it, it was really, it's a, it, it's been like a tug of war throughout the day. And it was finally getting ready to do the podcast where I was able to shake it off because the podcast is always a big high for me, right? <laughs> so that one's, that was an easy one to tie into. And I was finally able to get to the point where I was saying in my mind, okay, now I can feel some confidence that this thing I, I'm trying to attract is going to come. But wow, how much resistance did I run into, even though I knew that I needed to get into alignment, I, I was still struggling to get into alignment. I was amazed by it. And I, I think for the most part, every time we sense that there's resistance, even if we don't know the specifics of what it is, in some way, shape, or form, it represents fear. Oh, yeah. In some way, it represents fear of not getting it, fear of not getting it on time, fear of not being worthy of it, fear of not feeling like you deserve it. You know, fear of, well, it's always happened this other way in the past, so why would I expect anything different? You know, so fear of repeating past failures. I mean, I'm very um, clean cut about that. For me, it's just fear is not going to happen. <laughs> That's all. It's just very straightforward. No, none of the other baggage is just like, no, it's, I, I have fear. It's, it's just not going to happen. That's it. Done. <laughs> okay. But it's amazing how powerful that fear can be. Oof. Still, the it good is. news... I look back at all the progress I've made over the last 10 years and to get to the point where I can, first of all, notice that resistance is there, even if I haven't identified it in detail. Secondly, recognize its strength. Third, recognize what it's going to take to get around it. Fourth, actually work toward it. And then with little help from knowing I'm going to do the podcast, fifth, actually get there. Oh, that's gigantic compared to where I was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, that would have taken me three months to figure that out. <laughs> I did it all in well, one day. Know, I... I uh, you know how Abraham says, words don't teach, but life experience does? Mm -hmm. So I, I truly believe that our life experiences is what totally moves the needle in our life. And so I was looking outside at my crepe myrtle tree, which I've talked about before. It's this beautiful tree that 
two months out of the year, it has these beautiful lilac colored blossoms, really big, um, like six inch tall, you know, each blossom. They're just beautiful. Appropriate uh, for Texas because everything, whole... everything in Texas is big. So it's a perfect plant for Texas. <laughs> Well, and it's a whole bunch of teeny, teeny little blossoms that kind of are clumped together that make this big six-inch blossom, and it's on a tree. So anyway, they normally they actually started blooming um, maybe about a month ago, and I mean it gotten to the point where I saw maybe about ten blooms, but there there could easily be a hundred and fifty blooms, right? And I saw about ten of them where they were starting to come out, and then we got hit with a drought. Mm. I mean, it got so bloody hot no rain in sight. You know, I was talking about how my grass was like brown little sticks. You know, there was no moisture in the air. It was just horrendously hot. And my crepe myrtle started to like literally, uh, uh, not dwarf, um, weep, you know, where the leaves all were turned downward. Drooping. And, um, drooping. That's the word I was looking for. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Well, by the time I pulled my hose out to like, because we have water restriction here. You can only do it twice a week, but you can hand water your plants. So I had to go pull the hose out so I could hand water my tree. And by the time I did, all the blossoms had already fallen off. Mm. And I was so sad because I'm like, I've never had this happen before. I don't know if that means they won't bloom now for the rest of the season, but I really want to see them because it just brings me so much joy to see these beautiful lavender blossoms come out every year. Mm -hmm. And so I was looking at my tree today and here's where life experience really popped up for me. I looked at my tree and I knew that there were like literally two lavender blossoms left because I remember seeing them yesterday when I was outside. And I looked out the window to look for those two little blossoms and I saw them. And I had this feeling of, oh, my poor tree. I want my tree to like blossom. And in that moment, I went, okay, I want my tree to blossom. Come on, rain. You know, come on, tree. Bloom, bloom, bloom. And I felt, even though I had the awareness that I was like pivoting really fast from thinking negative, like, oh, my poor tree to, no, let's think positive about my tree blossoming and blooming and, you know, being beautiful, I felt the drag, I don't, I want to say drag coefficient, don't even know if that's the right word, but (laughs) I felt the drag of the, I'm so sad feelings about my, my tree not blooming right now. As I was speaking the words aloud, bloom, 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 come on, bloom and be beautiful. And boom, I went, that was not a fixed focus, desire with pure positive energy. It was born from the what is, which is it's not blooming and the blooms that were there have fallen off. And I had the intent to turn it around, but I I hadn't gotten myself into a state of alignment before the words came out of my mouth, bloom, bloom, bloom. And I had such a level of awareness that I'm still really sad and focused on the fact that my tree is not blooming. Mm. Even though the words I was speaking, I think the average person would think, oh, well, that's good. Now you're thinking and focusing positively. 
but I had the keen awareness that I could feel my sadness while I was speaking the positive words. And it was so subtle, Walt. I mean, so subtle. But this is what I've been asking for is that I would have a level of discernment that I would start to recognize any place I am not in pure positive energy. Yeah. Which is a huge distinction from where I was even last week, where last week I was being the resistance um, investigator. I was seeking resistance and I kept finding resistance. Now I'm focused on pure positive energy. And when something wasn't pure, I knew it. Can you, t- can you sense the difference between the two focuses? Oh, yeah. In fact, that's exactly what I was noticing when I was describing just a few minutes ago how I knew what I wanted. I knew I needed to get there, but I could tell I was resistant. It was the exact same feeling. And you're right. It's a very subtle feeling. Very it's, subtle. It's incredibly subtle, but it's there. And really, all you have to do is just notice it. And when you notice it, it becomes pretty yeah. obvious. But noticing is the hardest part. <laughs> Well, and I felt I felt so pleased that I had that awareness, that I yeah. noticed it. I had the awareness, and I went, oh, wow. And good. really, right now, as I described it on the show, I now realize the missing piece, because I didn't realize it before. Oh, what's that? Which is, I wasn't aligned. Oh, yeah. I mean, right. I knew it wasn't pure positive energy, but I didn't take the time to go from recognizing, oh, I'm, un- I'm sad, because my tree's not blooming to remember yesterday you said, well, what do you do when you need to switch to a happy place? I said, Mm -hmm. I stop and I breathe and I get centered. And when I'm in that place, I'm letting resistance go. And then I can turn my attention in with the pure positive energy towards that, which I desire. That's an insight for me just there. Mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't do the breathing. When I was feeling the resistance before, I didn't do the breathing. Now I know. Do the breathing. You know, and just now I got the insight that um, there are two significant things that happen when we breathe deeply. One, the first thing we do is we breathe in life force. We breathe in pure positive energy. And then we exhale our resistance. Okay. Like breathe in the good, let out the bad. Breathe well, we know, we, we recognize that feeling of when when you do a couple of deep breaths and you exhale, it's like you can feel the relaxation happen in your in your gut, right. in your body, you know? So that makes total sense. And, and I like, I like just, uh, I like the awareness of thinking and focusing on, I'm breathing in pure positive life force energy and I'm releasing my personal resistance so that it can dissipate into the world and be reborn into pure positive energy. Very good. Well, before we go any further, I want to just take a break for another kind of public service announcement. Um, And and this one is just as fun, but it's a little slightly bit more serious because it's really about our listeners and our listeners are important to us. And most of our listeners are subscribers. In other words, they have subscribed to the podcast. They get it sent automatically every single episode going to their smartphone or tablet or whatever device they use so they can listen to us anytime they want to. But there is a small percentage of the population who are listening to this podcast, this particular episode, 
who have not yet become subscribers, probably because it's one of their first episodes to listen to. And we just want to invite you, take the time, subscribe. It's really easy to do. All you do is go to the homepage at LOAToday.net. The instructions are there. It takes about a minute. It's free. There's no charge to you at all. And then you get all these great episodes coming to you. You even get public service announcements that are made totally from fun, not because of anything that we're trying to push, just because they're fun. That's all. So, you know, take a moment, subscribe, and then take a moment to share it with your friends, too. And we appreciate it very much. We have been talking about the law of attraction, the basics of the teachings of Abraham. And let's see, we're in part five on segment intending. We spent quite a bit of time the last couple of weeks on that. We're currently up to the subtopic that's entitled, Isn't There Some Goal to Be Achieved? Which is kind of appropriate because we were just talking about some of our big goals and the various ways that we have discovered the resistances that we have in the way of them and how to get rid of them. So let's see uh, if we can tie into what we've been talking about from the book. Does that sound reasonable hey, to you? Well, double check because I think we read that. I think we're on page 168. Can the goal of happiness be important enough? Do we? Well, it's quite well, possible. Read the paragraph above quickly and just see if you feel like we read that. Well, all right. Intent. Oh. Honestly, I don't remember. You know what? I'm going to go okay. with it. Sounds good to me. All right. So we're going to switch right. over to can the goal of happiness be important enough? <laughs> <laughs> So we'll do our uh, Jerry and Abraham thing. Jerry says, so since I don't consciously know what these specific individual overall goals are, would there be anything more important than having a goal to just be happy? And Abraham says, you hit upon the way to know what, what it is you have intended as you have come forth from your inner perspective. In other words, you said, since I don't consciously know what these specific individual overall goals are, the reason you do not consciously know what the specific goals are is because there were no specific goals. Now, of course, just as an aside, they're talking about when we made the decision to come forth as um, into physical beingness. Jerry had asked if we had um, set forth something very specific, and Abraham said, not really. We kind of set out to generalize something, and then even once we get here, um, it changes and morphs and expands so much that you kind of can't go back and determine what did I set forth to begin with. I think they actually make that clear in the next part here, too. Okay. And so then they go on to say, you had, before your physical birth, general intentions such as being happy, being an uplifter, having continuous, continuing growth, but the specific processes or vehicles through which you will achieve any of those is up to you to decide here and now. In this time, you are the creator. So these are kind of a whole bunch of them that are all tied together. Let's go right to the next one. It says, how can we recognize that we're having growth? Jerry asks, let's take the intention that you mentioned, growth. How can we recognize when we're having growth? And Abraham says, since you are growth-seeking, you are a growth-seeking being, you will have a positive emotion whenever you are recognizing your growth, and you will have negative emotion whenever you are feeling stagnation. You see, you do not necessarily have conscious recognition of the thoughts or intentions of your inner or broader perspective, but you do have communication. All physical beings have communication from their inner being in the form of emotion. And so whenever your emotion is positive, you can know that you are in harmony with your inner intentions. 
So the next question he has is, well, what's a valid measure of our success? Jerry says, then what do you see, Abraham, from your non-physical perspective as a valid measure of our being successful at what we're doing here? Abraham says, you have many ways of measuring your success. In your society, your dollars are a measure of success. Your trophies are a measure of success. But from our perspective, the existence within you of positive emotion is your greatest measure of success. And I, I just want to parenthetically state that's why my goal at all times, my number one goal ahead of anything I'm trying to attract is to get myself into that place of happiness and, and to stay there as much as I can for exactly the reason they just described. I mean, when you, when you make happiness your priority in life, everything else dwarfs by comparison. And everything you desire now has um, a channel in which to show up in your life. So focus on pure positive energy and boy, oh boy, watch what shows up. No, that doesn't mean, of course, you can't focus on manifestations and that becomes Jerry's next question. He says, so this process of segment intending can not only speed up our getting whatever we want, but then it can also make this experience that we're having more pleasurable and more within our conscious control and therefore more successful. Is that what it's about? Abraham says, it's absolutely more within your conscious control as you are consciously setting forth your intentions. The alternative is to not make a decision about what you want and therefore in your confusion to attract a little bit of everything. And in attracting a little bit of everything, there is some that you like and some that you do not like. The point of the segment intending process is that you will always be attracting that which you deliberately want. No more creating by default. No <laughs> more attracting what you do not want. You are, right, you are right when you say that it can speed up the process, for it is your clarity that, for it is your clarity that speeds. That's a weird sentence. I'm going to say it again. You are right when you say that it can speed up the process, for it is your clarity that speeds. Of course, you are physically creating as you move piles of dirt from one place to another or whatever it is you're doing. But you, you have not accessed. Yeah, you have not accessed the power of the universe unless your thoughts have brought forth emotion. When emotion is present, whether it's positive or negative, you have now accessed the power of the universe. When you really, really want something, it comes to you very fast. When you really, really do not want something, it comes to you very fast. The idea of segment intending is to set forth your thought of what you want, focusing upon it clearly enough in this moment that you bring forth emotion about it and your clarity brings the speed. Oh, now I get it. It says your clarity brings the speed. Whew, I like that. Clarity brings the speed. And when they were talking about the part where they said uh, uh, you are physically creating as you move piles of dirt from one place to another, of course, my wife runs a gardening business and I help run that one. And <laughs> my reaction was, well, actually, I don't move any of the dirt. I let our gardeners do that. But nevertheless, the point is valid. <laughs> <laughs> smart Alec. <laughs> well i i think it's a smart thing to do i mean i i'm not a gardener i never was a good gardener i never wanted to be a gardener i'll let the gardeners move the dirt and i'll say thank you very much for moving the dirt <laughs> of, course. <laughs> of course so the next section <laughs> it 
Oh, what's well, that? Before we go there, I just I want to talk a little bit about how clarity oh, sure. creates speed. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. You know, because how many times have I personally thought, what's the difference between this manifestation and that manifestation where this one took like zero time at all and this one took a lot? And what I'm hearing from what Abraham is saying is it's clarity. Well, it is. I mean, that's what the example was from last Friday that you were, you, you've been referring to throughout the week. I, I, it was just clarity. I, it was a very clear situation. I had awakened early. Um, I had nothing in my mind other than, no, there was this one thing. Let's see if we can attract it. The clarity was just there. It was very, very pervasive. Very, it was, the clarity was clear. <laughs> I don't know how else to how do you what how do you say uh that clarity is super clarity? It was super clear. Well, I mean because I can have a really pure positive intention and have it be general or vague. I mean, I can I can decide that I really want to um mm, let's see. So, I'll just think about dinner tonight. I just, I really want to enjoy dinner. I want it to be satisfying, satiating, enjoying the conversation because my sister and I are going to have dinner together. Um, and I could have a pure positive thought about that intention. But if I got more clear, I, I could have a greater clarity on when I say that I really enjoy the meal that my cells will pull the nutrients from each thing that I eat and nourish my cells in a way that um, cause me to feel strong and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I can see that. I, I, I know I mean, that... that has a greater, le greater level of detail clarity. Mm -hmm. I just know in my case with the, that incident last Friday, the clarity there was... It was a clarity in terms of there was no resistance, like like my vista was clear. There was there was nothing to get in the way. That that's for me what the clarity was. I mean, what you're describing is perfectly valid. It's just I'm I'm telling you what my experience was with that particular incident. Okay, so maybe what I did was went from generic to specific, but that doesn't necessarily mean clarity. Clarity is more you want what you want, you state it, and you're doing it with from a point of clarity that there is no negativity muddling up the picture. There's right. no contradiction. Yeah. There's no contradiction. There's, there's no negativity. There's no uh, doubt. There's no concern. There's, there's nothing to make you just kind of stop and pause. It's just <laughs> go, let's go. Come on. <laughs> well, you know what? I've never really thought of clarity in that way that clarity, maybe clarity is that what you want without resistance. Well, it makes sense. I mean, Abraham puts uh, clarity at the top of the emotional guidance scale, don't they? I mean, it's right up there with joy and happiness. It's at the very, very top. Okay. Honestly, I don't even remember that word being present, but I believe you. I, I think it is. I'm pretty sure. I'd have to go. I'll, I'll get my copy of Asking It Is Given because I know it's in there. <laughs> I'll see if I can find it. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it's, it, it lists like you know, four or five things on that top layer out of the 22 layers that they've got. And I think clarity is one of them. Huh. Well, as much as I've used the word clarity in my experience with law of attraction, 
I have to say I've never really thought about clarity in terms of not having resistance. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that's fun about doing this podcast. We learn new things almost every time. So let's see yeah. if I can find it. Where is the emotional guidance system in this book? I know it's here. Okay, yeah, there's a reference to it. I'm going to walk into my office because I know I have it on my bulletin board. Okay. Between the two of us, we'll find it pretty quick. <laughs> one of us is bound to get it. Okay, I don't see clarity. I see joy, appreciation, love, freedom, and empowerment. Yeah, I see the same thing you're seeing. Although, yeah, it's, all, all, although for me, it's written in a different order. But other than that. So where did I get the idea that clarity was up there? I don't know, but I think clarity probably ought to be in there. <laughs> it probably should be, right? Yeah. Because when you're feeling clear, there's nothing in the way. It's just It's just a pure positive feeling. Okay, something for us to continue to explore and just let it kind of unravel as it chooses to. I, I mean, I'm really at the point, whenever I want to know something and, I, and I, I have some doubt or some question, the first thing I do is I reach for Google and I say, Google, show me something. So I'll, after the show, I'll be checking Google to say, where did I get the idea that clarity is at the top of the emotional guidance scale? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that it matters in terms of whether it's there or not, because I know Abraham has said many times that those specific words that are on their emotional guidance system, those are just words that they put out there. But That's there are true. many other words that are not on there that fall within the emotional guidance system. They just were giving that to us just to give us a reference, mm -hmm. you know, but. Um, now, the one thing I have not been able to figure out, maybe, you know, an answer to this is that emotional guidance scale has, I think it's like eight, what I would call positive um, steps or, or spots on the scale, and like 14 that are either, the first, there are a couple of them that might be called neutral, and there's another 12 or 13 that are in the negative. Why is why did they choose so many negatives and not as many positives? That's what I'm curious about. I don't know. Maybe humans have just found more ways to feel bad than good. <laughs> well, certainly that's what the track record shows. I mean, that that shows up all over the place. I have really been noticing that in a big way lately, how there is so much more focus on negative than there is on positive. Um, I, I or, maybe once you, or maybe there's not as many in, uh, levels within positive, because once you feel positive, you're positive. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, the example that I've been pointing to in the last couple of days on podcasts and, and on Facebook uh, is the story of the, the Thai boys who got rescued. And I posted about it on Facebook, and it got about 29 likes and five or six comments. And then I posted it in a group where it's a law of attraction group, and other people post things about how you know they broke up with their boyfriend, they want to attract him back, and, and this and that isn't going right in their life, and can they please get some positive vibes and so forth. They'll get hundreds of likes on those. But the, the, the big story of the year, the big positive story of the year got 29. I mean, that to me shows a real discrepancy going on in our society in terms of what we focus on. Very strange, very interesting well, stuff. And also, you know, how do people relate to the story that you're telling? So if people haven't been watching the news or were not really um, familiar with the story of the Thailand soccer team being stuck in a cave, they may have just moved past it because it didn't catch their interest because they weren't knowledgeable of it. 
Or more likely, if, if they knew about the story, they would they the, the the common reaction that I think happens with a story like that is, oh, that's great, they got out, how fantastic, and then you're done. I mean, this is something that you could you could live with for like you know a day or two just to, to keep sucking the energy, the positive vibe out of this thing, and we just kind of quickly dismiss it. But we won't hesitate to spend the next you know five hours in conversation with our friend on the phone talking about this terrible thing that we've been dealing with all this time. This is why a moment ago I said it's really important, I think, to be focusing on getting as happy as we can because we most of us aren't. Most of us don't focus on it most of the time. And, you know, then we wonder why it is we aren't attracting the things we wanted to attract into our lives. So what is it about the that story in particular that speaks most strongly to you? Oh, God, there's so many aspects of it. There's the fact that international volunteers who had specific experience with um, rescuing from caves and, and, and actually doing cave diving. I'd never even heard of cave diving. These are experts in cave diving who came out of various countries around the world. Many of them were, were SEALs in, in their navies or in their military services. And, and they came and brought their expertise. They were working together. Um, the original divers who found the boys for the first time were British divers. And, and I, I was just really impressed with the irony of the fact that Britain, many years ago, had tried to colonize Thailand. And here, they had sent two of their best drivers to help rescue the kids, not to try to colonize them, just to help out. Um, you had people from China who had come. Now, China and Thailand haven't always had the most positive relationship, but the Chinese sent some of their best people to try to get these people out. The U.S., the Australians. I mean, there were, there were uh, so many people from so many different countries around the world who came to try to get these boys out. And it was just like this marvelous example of, of spontaneous international cooperation and without all the governments involved. That was the most amazing part, it, most impressive. It was just these people came together because they wanted to help these kids. I, I mean, how so, heartwarming is that? So outside of this situation, do you have um, an interest in um, like different countries? Because like what, what stuck out to me it's how you like you knew about how the British had tried to colonize Thailand. I didn't know that. Or if I did, I didn't remember. Mm. It's like you knew some things about different countries and how they're interacting together was so spectacular. It sounds to me like you kind of already had some information on that subject and had interest in that. Yeah, and that's that the be? way that's the way I tied into it. But there were a lot of ways you could tie into it. Another way to tie okay, it into like, it was none of that. None of that stuff would have drew my attention because no, no. I don't. That's not something. Well, that you I, asked me I what drew my up. attention, but my point is, there's a lot of ways that someone's attention could be drawn in. I, I think probably the most predominant one would be anyone who's got boys aged, you know, twelve to sixteen, which is a lot of people around the world. I mean, the one thing that you saw over and over again in you know news articles and commentaries and so forth was, uh, all I can think of is, what if we're my son? In fact, that's what some of the volunteer workers were saying. I, 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 I just go after this so hard and working so hard on this because I keep thinking, I've got a boy that age. What if it was my son? Now, now, that's a fairly universal appeal. You don't have to know about the history of the, of the region in order to appeal to that one. Right. But see, and... 
I'm not trying to play devil's advocate, but maybe I am. Like when you brought the story up to me the first time, I truly had no interest in it mm. because it wasn't something I saw on the news. And mm. so when somebody says to me, did you see this in the news? I almost, almost, I almost shut down before I even let someone talk about it. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Because most of the time when someone says, hey, did you hear about such and such in the news? They want to now tell me about something negative that won't feel good. So I do shields up. Mm -hmm. And as they're speaking, I'm only half listening. Mm, good point. You yeah. know, so I, and, and I'm not trying to say that I disagree with how uh, negative news oftentimes gets uh, more attention than positive news. I'm just looking at because I'm curious. I'm a curious gal. I like to understand. So. If that's the case, what are some of the driving factors that actually create that to be the case? Mm -hmm. what, and you what know? do you conclude? So, well, like when you first started talking about it with me, I still didn't really want to hear it because I don't even I don't even want to. In order for me to really take interest in the story, I feel like on some level I have to bring my emotions into it and identify with it. Mm hmm. And it doesn't feel good for me to identify with 12 children and an adult trapped in a cave. Mm. That's just, that's really not a story that really pulls me in. Now, one day you said, you sent me an email and you said, Hey, I'd like to talk about this story on, on the podcast. And my first thought was, Oh, really? <laughs> And I went and I, I read the article because you sent me a link and I read the entire article top to bottom. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't know what I have to add to this. Mm. I don't know what I have to add to the conversation because this is not a place I personally want to put my emotional attention. Wow. Now, I did the show with you. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. you know, I'm like the whole time I'm just kind of asking my inner being, what part of this story can I um, bring some positivity to, because that's the purpose of our show, even though this is not a particular subject that I would normally gravitate towards or want to even focus on. And what did you get? I mean, what, what, well, message, what, I mean, what response what did I you get? What I shared for that day is what I chose to share, but it's still not something I focus on. Oh, okay. That's interesting. It's just not where my attention goes. And the part I was able to focus on was the beauty and the harmony in how country, people of different, um, uh, just different lands have all pulled together. Yeah. And I, I definitely sense that there is a global consciousness where we do want to have more connection with one another. Oh, and this so. was a way to allow that. And I believe that those boys in that coach actually were part of creating a way to bring countries together in harmony. Now that was easy for me to get on board with. It was not like that was pulling teeth. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I, the piece that I looked at was, wow. And there was one Navy SEAL that gave up his life for that. Mm. Now that somehow had a lot of emotional charge for me. I don't, I'm not exactly sure why. But I will tell you, that's part of why I didn't want to, I don't like going there. Hmm. You know, fortunately, those, uh, the other children all survived. Which I think but is the big the story. Whole, 
Yes, and but the fact that one person did die in in the process of helping to save these others, um, somehow that's where my attention landed. Hmm. And I guess you could say I know me. I know me really well, and I know what kinds of stories I can move through and have it not stick me versus other kinds of stories that might be more emotionally dicey for me. And I don't know, I think there was a part of this one that I knew could be emotionally dicey. And so I just wanted to kind of keep it at arm's length. That's really interesting. I'm not sure where even to go with that, but that's just really interesting. Because from where where I'm sitting, that I mean, first of all, the the story by theological um, perspective would have to qualify as a miracle because nobody really thought that they were going to get out. Well, I did, but but the average commentator didn't think they were all going to get out. And was very doubtful that, that that any of them would be rescued, let alone all of them. And the fact is, all of them were rescued. And the way they were rescued was completely brand new. No one had ever done anything like it before. It was they they were literally inventing as they went along, because it was so unique, it was so novel. No one had ever run into a situation like this before. And that to me was fascinating too. But it's and, also and it's also interesting to hear you have mentioned that many times. And so I believe that you personally are very interested in that kind of discovery because it holds your attention immensely. Yeah. Well, I, I, I guess I like it whenever I, I do like any kind of story where somebody beats the odds. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason I like the stories where people beat the odds is because there's so many of them, first of all. And second of all, because it's a way of reminding myself that what I used to believe in, I used to believe in just, you know, the law of averages, you know, laws of chance. And what I now understand is the laws of chance aren't as randomly uh, distributed as I was led to believe. I mean, when you you learned about um, laws of probability in a math class, you, you learned about, you know, the the random distributions and all this other kind of stuff to basically reinforce for you that, the laws of probability are your best way of understanding what's going to happen in any given situation where you can kind of measure what the possibilities are. Mm-hmm. And yet I've also learned through life experience just how often those uh, laws of probability don't work out the way they're supposed to. In fact, it's amazing how often they don't work out the way they're supposed to. So this this kind of a story is a way of reminding myself the laws of probability aren't what they're cracked up to be. The law of attraction is much more useful and much more informative. And, and, and maybe it's part of what it is. Maybe it's just me reminding myself laws of, laws of probability just don't do as well as the law of attraction does. So because law of attraction is working 24-7 in areas that we are aware of and those that are we're not, I'd say this, to me, the way I look at this is that you attracted this story into your life because there was a lot of potent, significant awarenesses for you to ingest and dissect. Yeah, apparently. And it really held your attention Mm. in a really strong, palatable way. And I'm just using me as an example that it didn't have that for me. Yeah. Well, you, know, you, you, like, you are not in the minority. You apparently are in the majority because it didn't hold the attention of a lot of people. Well, it's kind of like 
you know, the difference between, let's say, an action action adventure movie and, let's say, a, um, oh, a slasher movie. And there are a lot of people that like each of them. But, you know, if you're in the action adventure camp and I'm in the slasher camp, I may not enjoy your kind of movie at all and vice versa. Right. Which, by the way, I can't stand slasher movies. <laughs> I, I just said that. Totally silly. <laughs> I, I wondered why you picked that one, but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, here's one for example. Um, believe it or not, I have never seen the movie Bambi. Really? Yeah, I've never seen the animated Bambi. But I know just enough of the story because I've heard people use this in all sorts of different formats, oh, sure. you know, where they talk about how Bambi sees her his mother die. Mm-hmm. I... Once I heard that, and I heard that probably when I was in junior high, I knew I never wanted to see Bambi. Mm. I did not want to set myself up emotionally knowing that we were going to get to the part where Bambi watches his mother get killed. And I know that for me, that's because there is a part of me that is so tenderhearted that hurts me. And so I just, I choose not to go there. Understandable, and it doesn't mean that I've never seen anything where there where something doesn't creep up on me. Like I go to a movie, and all of a sudden I'm put in the situation where I see something like that happen. You know, in the moment I have to deal with it, but sometimes it's not easy, and I don't like it. And when it's over, there's a sense of huge relief. <laughs> like, okay, we're on this other side. It happened. It wasn't pretty, but it's over. Because the anticipation of it is something that's really hard for me to deal with. So I, I think I can safely predict, predict that you did not go to see Jaws. I did, and I will never see it again. <laughs> I was visiting some friends of mine. They, we all lived in Illinois. They moved to Pittsburgh. I was, I was in high school, and they invited me out one summer to visit. So I went out to visit them, and at the time, Jaws was the movie of, of the genre or of the time period. So we went to see it. And I remember me and, and Renee literally clutching hands, feet, burying each other's oh, head in each other's bodies. It was like <laughs> horrifying <laughs> during those dun, 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 yep. scenes. And I just went, oh my God. You know, these movie makers did it in order for huge dramatic effect. Oh yeah. But my tender heart doesn't like that. Doesn't like that at all. Well, then I promise and, not and, to and, sing that the, the theme song anymore because <laughs> I don't okay. want to traumatize you. <laughs> and I mean, I I can and yet I can watch wildlife movie uh, like Discovery Channel, National Geographic. When you know, like I just watched one the other day where like six hungry lions took down a giraffe. The, because you know what bothers me about that? is my wife always turns that on during dinner. And it's like, no, 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 no. Oh. I don't want to eat dinner while watching this. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I'll tell you how I've been able to get past that kind of thing. <laughs> Actually, you're going to have to save it because we're completely out of time. But save that okay. thought for Monday, okay? <laughs> if it's all right with you, you know. <laughs> sure. And we will invite you all next time as well to, to join us again next time as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye for now.